What's going on, Sens fans? Welcome back to the New Era Sens podcast. Uh, I'm Jacob, and I'm here with Jordan as per usual. Um, and today's going to be a bit of a, a different kind of episode. Um, over the last few days, um, I'm sure if you're a hockey fan, you've known about the Chicago Blackhawks sexual abuse um, scandal that's going on. Um, and all the interviews and reports and everything coming out in the last couple of days, um, it's definitely worth talking about. So this is going to be kind of a deeper episode. Um, so, yeah, before we get into things, uh, I just wanted to uh, say how you doing, Jordan. Um, obviously, hockey news is a little bit deep these past couple of days. But, um, yeah, how, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh Laptops refusing to work, so as people watching can see, I'm on my phone for this one. But yeah, just kind of hockey Twitter and hockey news in general over the last two, three days since this uh, story's gone public with the findings. Definitely been a lot more somber of a feel. Like, I don't think anyone really cares so much about like trade rumors or stats or how teams do in these last few days. But for good reason, like this entire situation, the cover up and how deep it went. It's it's a very somber an experience, and it sucks to see that it happened in a league that we all follow so closely. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, really quickly, uh, I'm just gonna and I'm gonna put this out there. There's a trigger warning for sexual assault if you're listening to this episode. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I can't do justice explaining um, the whole story. There is a 25 minute interview between Rick Westhead and uh, Kyle Beach, which just came out. Um, and that's pretty much where we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Um, obviously, there was a, a 107-page report put out by the Jenner and Block uh, investigation, and but just the Chicago Blackhawks saying things, uh, things Kevin Dayoff has said, um, and just everybody involved. So we're going to be touching on all of that, but if you want the whole story, um, make sure you follow Rick Westhead and read kind of everything he's posted. Um, he has done a fantastic job not letting this story die. Yeah, for sure. So, um, for, first off, Brad Aldrich, he was uh, one of the many coaches on the Chicago Blackhawks 2010 championship team. Uh, he performed sexual assault on uh, a player who was John Doe up until tonight. Um, and it, it's just, yeah, I can't do justice telling the story. Um, I don't want to say anything wrong. So, again, go to Brad Aldrich, um, or sorry, go to um, Rick Westhead to learn about this whole Brad Aldrich thing. And so, yeah, tonight, uh, Kyle Beach comes forward. Um, he takes away his animosity behind all of this, and he goes for an interview on national TV with Rick Westhead. And Rick Westhead does a fantastic job of just asking the questions and not um, doing any kind of breaking it down. Um, and they were really tough questions. So huge props to Rick Westhead for not letting the story die and doing such a good job with this interview. Yeah, like after putting the face to the name, just like for all this time, like John Doe, like it's easy just to forget the human element of it. Like the entire focus for the most part has just been on uh, Quenville, Bowman, Shovel Day Off, the entire Blackhawks management in that that uh, cup winning team. But finally having that Kyle Beach come forward, put a face out there, and actually hear him talk about and start, start breaking down a bit during the interview with, with Rick. 
like it was, it's heartbreaking and it's a tough watch but i encourage everyone that if you haven't seen it go watch it it's important to see the impact that sexual assault does have on people like, it's easy to forget and just to put this off as a statistic but like this changed this guy's life like high draft pick was called up to be a black ace for the teams was thinking he's going to live out his dream of being an NHL player. Then uh, Aldrich took advantage of that, threatened him, sexually assaulted him. And then the fact that no one really listened to him. And like, other than Paul Vincent, who was the skills coach at the time, former cop, it seemed everyone else in the organization, no matter what position they're in, just kind of gave him no, like, no peace of mind, didn't acknowledge him. Just they'd rather win than. Uh, deal with sexual assault and the proper morality of the situation so it's a very tough watch but everyone should go and watch it and the report is public so if you want a bit more information like the legality of it go and read the report that was released i believe yesterday yeah i i read a lot of the report it's really hard to read i watched um i just finished watching the uh interview with rick westhead and kyle beach and that was even harder to watch like it it's heartbreaking to see him break down and how much this really impacted his life. Um, and so the biggest issue right now, obviously the sexual assault by Brad Aldrich and taking advantage of his authority in the team and whatnot, that is the biggest issue. But right now the issue going on is the cover up and the whole team and Kyle beach just said that, Joel Quinville had a meeting in his office about this, and Joel Quinville has recently denied knowing anything about this accusation. Um, Kevin Sheveldayoff on July 22nd said, I have no idea what you're talking about, um, and he has no further comments for legal reasons. Like, he, he lied. It's 100% like confirmed that he lied. And so I 100% expect both of their jobs to be gone. We saw, we saw Stan Bowman step aside as GM before he could get fired and step aside as GM of the Olympic uh, American team. So we're seeing these guys kind of get their way out of the league before they can get fired and fined by the league and all this. So it's pretty disgusting. Um, and th the fact that the teams are letting him just step aside and not to mention Joel Quinville is currently on the bench uh, at the Florida versus Boston game. Just coaching yeah not not a good look for for the panthers for quinville or even the league at this point like all the stuff just broke the last few days and i believe there was a quote in the report that was public that quinville said they don't know how this news the, the sexual assault is going to impact team morale the chemistry like they're trying to win a cup they'll deal with it later something along those lines so the guy knew and then we have the stuff that impacted me the most was hearing how his teammates and the other players treated him on the ice. And not even on the ice, on the ice, at practice, in the locker rooms, at the rink. Like earlier in the summer, uh, a few months ago at least, Boynton and Sopel, two former players, came out and put some credibility to this uh, entire claim by saying, guys knew, everyone knew. And People thought it was just too disgruntled. Like, no one really gave him too much attention. Like, the news is out there. People covered it. But having Kyle Beach come out and say, like, yeah, like, the language they said to him, homophobic slurs that I won't repeat, 
like the innuendo and just harassing him like the year after what Aldrich did to him. Like that was the part for me that was the most heartbreaking. Then seeing, especially after all these years, hearing how much of how great leaders Keith, Payne, and Paves are. I believe they're the only three players from that team still currently in the league. I believe that's the case, but all three of them were in the leadership roles at the time. And from all accounts, from what Sopol, Boynton, and now Kyle Beach have said, like everyone on that team, and like nothing is allowed this to happen. Not, yeah, not the saying fact- that they were part of it, but they they're, they're the leaders of that team. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that it happened in the locker room and on the ice, there's no way you don't know about it. Like, yeah, if that talk. happened. If that happens on your Bantam House League team, everybody knows about it. You, like, there's no hiding from that. And again, that's just another point as to how John Quint or Joel Quinville absolutely knows. Like, he he's there with all the players all the time. Um, and yeah, really disappointed, especially in Jonathan Taves as the captain of that team, um, and just lying about it. Like he said in the media, he had no idea, and so did Patrick Kane and. Uh, Duncan Keith just came out and said that this evening as well. And uh, just how do you deny it at this point? Yeah, like, I, I get that there's legality and, like, lawyers don't say this, don't say that. I, I understand that. But just to keep doubling down, like, I'm pretty sure Quenville just doubled down saying he didn't know before he said he was supposed to meet with Batman tomorrow. So it's just, why do you keep doubling down? Like, the information's out there. And like what like Rick West had said in the interview with Kyle, that he can't say who these players that were saying the slurs to him were and harassing them for legal reasons. They can't say the names. So they, they likely know who the players named are. So there's probably a bunch of people around the league that know who these players are, especially the leaders of that team. So it's, it's a, such a crappy situation. And on top of that, the NHL's punishment for the Blackhawks was a $2 million fine. The Blackhawks are what, like top five richest team in the league. Yeah, I worth, think they're worth well over a billion. They're worth one point zero nine billion dollars. Yeah, like that's that's like lunch money to them. They don't care about yeah. two million dollars. But so it, that that's just like a slap in the face. Like some teams are getting like I'm pretty sure that's almost as much or a bit more than the Devils got fined for the Kovalchuk contract years ago. The Devils got fined three million dollars and draft. Picks. It's less. Wow. So it's yeah. it's. Worse in the league's opinion to have a bad contract or technically an illegal contract than to cover up a sexual assault. Yep. So not a good look for the league either. And just the hockey is such a great sport to watch, but there's so many things you need to change. Like the fossils and management around the league, like just the hockey culture itself. Like we saw this the last few years with Akeem Aliou stories coming out. And that happened in the NHL too. Yep. So it's it's, it's like obviously two different situations, but just seen two massive stories following this league the last like two three years. Not a good luck for the league, and definitely not a good luck for the Blackhawks. And I'm pretty sure Akeem Aliou was on was on the Rockford Icehawks with Kyle Beach that year. Yep, he was. God. Yeah. So it and it's. Again, I said this earlier, and I said this before we start, we start started recording. I, I just I can't put any emphasis on anything because it's all just so important, and I can't tell the story because I'll miss way too many things, and every single factor of this is just so important. 
And with all the things coming out the last few days, like, I don't know how the league hasn't, like, how is John Quinville on a bench right now? I don't get it. How is Kevin Sheveldayoff not having a meeting with Gary Bettman until Monday? Yeah, that's weird. Like, why do you have to wait, like, six days? Like, it's just, the league doesn't care. They're going to pretend they do. And the Chicago Blackhawks just put out a statement, and it ends with, we have changed our ways to say that we're going to do things morally right now. Like, it doesn't matter. Apologize to him. And, like, there's nothing you can do to make things right. You you screwed up. Yeah, like, it's not a good look. It's a very tone-depth answer. Like, I believe in that statement they mentioned about, it's like, we're going to adhere to these new moral moral standing, trying to win a Stanley Cup and be a competitor. It's like, no one cares about the hockey aspect of this right now. And no one cares yeah. if we go 82 or 82 and 0 win a cup. Like he broke, did the morally bankrupt thing and chose team success over the right thing. And also, it doesn't look good for the for the NHLPA because Powell Beach also said he put out, he reached out to the PA officials. Yep. And he got nothing back for them. And the PA, like he said, like yeah, what I was on an NHL roster. Yeah, I was just a black ace. I never played an official game, but I was on an NHL roster when this happened. And the PA's job is to protect players and to look out for their best interests. And they were nowhere to be found on this. So, like, no, the Blackhawks don't look good. Management, the players, the league, the PA, everyone looks like crap in this entire thing. I don't care if he's on the ECHL team. If he reaches out yeah. to the NHL PA with that, you, you got to do something. Like, I just don't he get exists. it. Like, he didn't get anything back. Like, that's one thing. He just felt like he didn't exist in his choices didn't matter like seeing about Aldridge get his cup ring to stay for the cup celebrate team with him and around like he said like he felt Brad Aldridge just got to live his life like nothing happened meanwhile everything he said was just kind of thrown in the trash like that is such a tough thing someone that for for him to go through like I can only imagine like it's heartbreaking this guy like high draft pick was pretty was getting close to making the team or potentially making the team, and then just Brad Aldrich just ruined his career, sidelined it, however you want to say it. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, like, he was 11th overall, 20 years old, and on a Stanley Cup winning NHL roster. He's never played an NHL game. You can't tell me that a guy, 20 years old, who you just drafted 11th overall, that made your Stanley Cup roster team, it doesn't have it in him to even make the roster once. Like it, it was a hundred percent held against him for for his whole career. Like he ended up playing in Germany. Um, I'm not sure where he where else he's played, but yeah, it, he was in Austria. It his career, Slovakia. but yeah, he's still playing. Yeah. At least, at least I believe he's still playing in Slovak league. But still, like for him to speak out on this, like I I hope he chose to spoke speak out on this beforehand. Like over the last few days, him and Rick had this planned. Because the one thing I would say about the public state or the public information that came out with the investigation was the information they provided about him made it way too easy to narrow down who it potentially could be. Like I said, 20-year-old Black Ace played on the AHL team that year. You go and look at the roster, there was like two or three guys that fit that description. So I hope he didn't feel pressured to come out and speak about this because someone was going to sleuth their way to figure it out it was him. Yeah, and for those who don't know, that was put in the hundred and save hundred and seven yeah. page report put out by the investigators. So 
unless they already knew that he was going to come out and he was kind of okay with what they were writing. Absolute failure on their behalf as well. Yeah, like you don't get that that descriptive on someone that at the time or wish to be or remain anonymous. So hopefully, it sounds like this was planned, like uh, beforehand to come out and put a like a face and a voice to this entire situation. But yeah, it's it's just such a tough situation. And like we've both said, like, go watch the interview, go read the report if you have time and want to learn more about this, or just follow. Uh, Rick Westhead, who's done a fantastic job covering this entire thing, when frankly, a lot of the major reporters and media outlets just didn't really give this the time of day. Yeah, because it's a, a controversial subject, and if, if you yeah, can't see me because you're bad. listening, if you can't see me because you're listening, uh, I just put quotation marks in the air. Um, like it, It's a really controversial subject. Nobody wants to be the one to put themselves out there writing about sexual assault in case, like, anything blows back on them. Oh, that's, Oh, that doesn't look good on me. It's not about you. Like you yeah. got to report this kind of stuff. And I'm again, huge props to Rick Westhead and um, now Kyle beach for doing what they've done over the last six months, seven months, um, just getting everything public, getting everything done. Like it, 10 years ago, nothing. Well, obviously exactly 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, nothing, nobody cared. Um, and now with all the media that we have, with all the, the coverage, with all of the just changes in society, it is finally time for stuff like this to happen. And I fully expect in the next maybe five years, there to be a few more stories like this to come out. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Like, as sad as to say that like Kyle Beach probably isn't the first, he's not probably not the first victim of sexual assault in the NHL. And sadly, he probably won't be the last. Like this has probably happened in the league, but it's just the first time it's become like brought to the forefront of the attention. But uh, yeah, and like Chicago not reporting this like didn't just affect Kyle's life and like his like what happened to him, but like they gave like Aldrich went on to teach at a high school and sexually assaulted the kid in I believe it was in Michigan high school. Yeah, and so like it affected someone else's life. And I think that event, like, that's what made Kyle want to come forward because he looked up Brad Aldrich afterwards and saw that he was cried for this sexual assault in Michigan. So, like, them refusing, like, it didn't just, it wasn't just one player. Like, it went on to, like, uh, Beach's family and friends, this player in Michigan's family and friends, like, dozens of people were impacted by this. It wasn't just one person. Yeah, and you could see in the interview when he was asked about the other victim uh, and kind of what he thought about that, like he just immediately broke down. Like it was one of the most heartbreaking things that I've watched. Um, and he shouldn't blame himself at all for any anything that's happened. Um, but he was very, very apologetic for um, just letting it go further and not that he had much more control than he did, um, but just in general, being the first and not doing enough. And I, I really, really respected that um, that little segment in there. Again, not to say that anything is his fault or he should own any of it, um, but I 100% see where he's coming from, and it, it was just heartbreaking. Yeah, like, I don't really know what else there is to say on it. Just tragic situation that could have not been avoided, but the Chicago and the management there could have done the right thing when they were made aware of this. 
and maybe like Kyle may have been able to move on from this faster, been in a better place, whatever. But it's just such a such a terrible thing that happened, and like the league's going to pay for it now. Like this is a tarnish on them for not really stepping up and doing anything about it. And you know, now here we are. Yeah. Um, and again, there's nothing really much else we can say about it. Um, everything is said so much better uh, in the interview, in all of the reports. A hundred percent. If you are listening to this, you need to go watch that if you haven't um, and read everything. And I, like, I can't stress that enough. It's, it's too important of a topic to not have the full story. And we are just here to give our thoughts on it. We're not here to tell you what's going on, to report what's going on. Um, we're just he- here to spread it out a little more um, and give some more coverage on it. So yeah, um, sure. I, I really don't know how to move on from this. Um, it's like, and kind of the same thing on the TSN broadcast. They went from um, thank you to um, Kyle Beach for this interview. Now let's watch hockey. And it, it just yeah, didn't sit hard right, to segue. So. It's hard, hard to segue from such a serious topic to just hockey now. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Ottawa Senators. Um, first off, before we move on, I just want to say that Kyle Beach is a hero in hockey. Um, and 100% thank you to Kyle. Um, on behalf of hockey fans who need to see development in the league, as well as sexual assault survivors, um, victims, and everybody that's been involved and just kind of be the first one to come forward about it. So yeah, Kyle beach is a hero. Yep. Just want to say that for anyone out there that has gone through a similar situation, Kyle beach, you're not alone in this. Like you're not weak. Like they could be like, no one's forcing you to speak up, but just let, just let you know that you're not alone. People love you. People care for you. And yeah, like you said, Kyle beach is incredibly brave and great just for speaking up. Could not be for him, but yeah, he's a hero. Yeah. So, um, again, very tough to segue, but um, we do have lots more to talk about. Um, Headed over to Ottawa. Um, It's been a weird start to the season. Um, We see a couple wins right off the hop and then slowing down a lot. Um, Thomas Shabbat missed practice today. That was just reported as a maintenance day. So that's yep. nothing too too much to worry about. Uh, Austin Watson is close to coming back. And Ottawa traded a seventh-round pick to the San Jose Sharks for Dylan Gambrell. So what do you kind of think about where the team's at right now? Yeah, so Watson, I think DJ said Watson should be good to go to play at some point on the road trip. And Murray also, the, the neck injury doesn't look as bad as they first thought. So he should be back at some point on this road trip as well. Yeah, and the, the Dylan Gambrell trade, it's depth center, fourth line guy, solid defensively, decent on the PK. But uh, if you're like, it's a seventh round pick, like basically as low as value as you can get. So, like, the, the cost is nothing. It's just with Pinto, White, and Bishop all hurt, that's a bit, that's three of our top five centers just gone. Yeah. And now, like, Paul looked good at center when he played there, but like, you need more center depth. Like unless, unless you want like someone like Mark Marcus Delic to come up and start playing, but uh, you know the trade I like, and that fourth line of Stanford, uh, Gambrell and Watson, 
that they're running today. I actually really like that. But uh, because the fourth, like if the fourth line is your make or break line, then something else is wrong. But yeah. uh, no, the the team, it's not the same start as last year. I, I've seen some of that. People are like, oh, they're gonna start sliding back to being like a two and ten team. It's not that because the games they were losing last year at this point, they were getting blown out and banked around the ice. These games, like the San Jose game, they were probably the better team for the most part. They just lost. Like it, it's going to happen. And then the Rangers game, like <laughs> I was at that game live, and that game made me want to jump off the third level. The end of that game was just a nightmare. But same thing, Sens are probably the best team for the most part. And then it was just a shooting gallery against the Washington Capitals, probably one of the best yeah. teams in the league. And you get five on them. So, like, nothing to hang your head at. Like, the team's playing good. They just happen to lose the game. Yeah, it's it, – it, that Washington game, that was that was wild. Drake Batherson got his first career hat trick. Uh, TJ, Oshie, TJ Oshie got, I think, his fifth career hat trick. Um, it, it's insane. Like, just such a fun game to watch. Obviously, Nick Paul took quite the hit from behind. It's kind of been going viral today, uh, which is weird. It's a couple days later. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Nick Paul got hit from behind by Alex Ovechkin. And it was no a pretty, pretty hard one. Um, and, yeah, no call, no suspension, no fine, nothing. Um, and, like, the ref standing right there. He's yeah, there watching it. And then, like, two minutes later, Obi gets the go-ahead goal. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole other topic is the refereeing. Um, they called Stutzel on a dive, which was ridiculous. Although he had a questionable fall, uh, the next game that didn't get called. So, no, that's the th- with Stutzla. It's like I saw a few people mention about it from last year, like going back to last year. But this year, like I think in the Rangers game, I can't remember if it was the first because he drew three uh, three penalties that game. I yeah. can't remember which one it was, first or second, but one of them was a bit of a. I don't want to say soft call, but he made he went down hard on I think it was like a trip or a hook or something. So yep. it's I think that like the one that he got called on for the dive on, like that was clearly a trip. Like there was no dive there. He got he got can opened by I believe Truba, but uh, like it was a makeup call, which is the worst way to ref a game. A uh, makeup call with like four minutes left in a one goal game after the starting goal, he just got hurt. Yeah. Like, it's just a terrible reffing job. And then he just two more against uh, Washington. And I think Oshi was the victim of the second one. And, like, that's interference. Like, like that's a penalty. And I do, I think Oshi, they showed the camera. He was, like, gesturing with the dive in motion. And they scored on it. So that was kind of funny. But, yeah, then unless the makeup call, I guess, they let Ovechkin just try and throw Paul through the glass. So, like, the reffing's been very suspect. Yeah, it, it's been disappointing a lot of Sens fans on Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's not how inconsistent they can be. The preseason, as much as they were calling a lot of cross checks, they showed a lot of consistency through the preseason. Um, yeah, and now that we're in third and mid-season mode, so um, yeah, they also kind of let go on the cross check. They like I've been watching. I was like, that was called preseason. That was called preseason. It's like yeah. Shane Pinto just got cross-checked in the back of the head. That was called preseason. It's like, okay, I guess they're just ignoring the cross-check protocol now. Yeah. Um, they, they let that go fast. 
I, I do think it's quite interesting to see kind of how this team is responding to that because it's like they get really pissed off and then don't do anything about it. Like they don't do anything with all that energy and all that like rage, like put it on the ice and do something. Um, even Brady Kachuk, like he had a fight and um, a couple that unsportsmanlike conduct that he was the only one to get pulled out of what was almost a line brawl, like a full scrum. Everybody was on the ice. Was yeah, I, d- I don't know how that happened. I, I don't know how you take one guy out of that. And sure, Brady K- Kachuk came up and tapped Tom Wilson on the back, but Tom Wilson went down very easy. Um, so yeah, uh, refing has been, like you said, suspect, um, not loving it. But the team overall hasn't been fantastic. Um, Anton Forsberg, with a great start to the season, has already kind of started to fall off. Um, yep. And F- Philip Gustafson's playing fantastic, though. Yeah, he let in three goals on 15, 16 shots against Washington. But the th- like Forsberg, the second and third goal, I thought were pretty weak. And then the fourth one, that was a snipe from John, uh, from John Carlson, but also like, kind of need you to make a save on that one there, buddy. Yeah, but for uh, for Gustafson, like the first one's Ovechkin breakaway. I think that may have been his first shot or something. No, it wasn't yeah. his first shot, but maybe actually, because I think Washington only got like five shots in the second period. Yeah, it was but, something uh, crazy like that. But uh, yeah, the first he just kind of got canned open by Ovechkin on that. That's one of the best goal scorers of all time. No, no harm, no foul. Second one was kind of a fluke. He wanted wrapped around that hit Holden in the skate. Like that just sucks with like five seconds left. And then the third one was Ovechkin, like between the hash marks with all the time in the world. And he's like, I'm going to get him second of the game. So, like, Gustafson, like, yeah, like three goals on however many shots isn't a great stat line, but I don't blame him for any of those goals. Yeah, no. And I, I, I want to ask Philip how he feels about his first Ovechkin snipe, like that third goal, uh, that uh, third goal he allowed. Like, I just want to know, like, what's it like to be a young goalie and just, you're you're sitting there and you see Ovechkin wide open there. Like, are you sitting there like shaking in your boots or what? Like th- this is my moment. So I can make a name and it's in. Yeah. But, uh, but I want to ask him about getting like undressed on the breakaway goal. Cause yeah, Gus has been great, but that one, he looked a bit rough on, like he didn't know what was going on, but then it came out that Ovechkin scored that with broken stick. So I'm like, eh. don't, I don't blame the rest on that one, but technically that's not allowed. I, I didn't see that. That's that's interesting. Yeah, like I, I forget I forget who interviewed him, but he said, "Yeah, my stick broke on that, so like he was holding it down near the brake, so it wouldn't like fall apart, and that's why he <laughs> didn't shoot like he usually would." He like he, but, wow, because he he got the breakaway on a black on a blocked Zaitsev shot, so yeah, but yeah, no, the team like the, the one thing I will say it was nice to see the offense kind of finally kind of break out, but still, there's a lot of guys on the team that haven't got the first one yet. Like Connor Brown doesn't have one. Stutzla, Kachuk. Um, that's probably the for the big names. But still, like you kind of want to see those guys get going because there's the same. Like Bathurst had some already. Norris had one already, and it's already had one. Kind of want some of the other guys to start like putting the puck in the net. Yeah, and I mean, but how how can you complain about the offense when uh, Artem Zub has more points than Mitch Marner and Cole Caulfield combined? <laughs> I saw a stat they put up. It was Zach Hyman has more goals than Nylander, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares combined. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's good. But um, no, I... Zubin and Shabbat have been fantastic together. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone realized how good Zub was 
but he's like making plays. He's pinching in the offensive zone. He's attacking the net. He's driving the net. Like, what's he got? Like three or four assists already this year. Yeah, like he's doing very well. But then having him up there, the rest of the decor. Uh... Yeah, it's been pretty brutal there. Um, that's a really good segue into um, Lassie Thompson. So uh, Troy Mann had a lot of really good things to say about Lassie Thompson um, and how I, I always say Thompson, but there's no P and it always confuses yep. me. Um, so yeah, uh, Lassie Thompson has been doing fantastic in Belleville. Um, he's really adapting to the North American ice uh, really well. Yep. And last year, kind of, and as uh, Manton mentioned, this last year was a buffer year, kind of, um, just kind of get a feel for how big the ice is, um, and just yeah, all that. And I, I fully expect that uh, Thompson will be the first call up of defenseman in Belleville. Um, Jacob Bernard Docker has two goals already tonight. I saw. Uh, I was so, going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a pretty big story. Um, Eric Brandstrom in, I don't think it was the last game. I think it was the one before uh, he was a minus three in a four one loss. So that's not good. And he also took a cross check to the mouth, lost a few teeth and busted his gums. So defense, um, Eric Brandstrom is having a bit of a rough go, but uh, Bernard Docker, yeah, poor kid. Uh, Bernard Docker and Thompson are having great years in Belleville so far. So yeah, like Thompson, I feel like a lot of sense fan, at least online, like, not the average sense fans, just the sense Twitter people. We're getting down on Thompson just because he got off to a terrible start in Liga before he came over last year when the season was on pause. But yep. he came over and he was like he wasn't fantastic, wasn't terrible. He was just solid. Uh for in his time in Belleville, started getting more and more comfortable as the season went on. But I forget who said it, but uh, I forget what scale, but they said his game was probably more suited to the North American style. Like he's a physical yep. player. He, just the smaller ice surface just works better to his game. It's not as wide. He doesn't have to cover as much room. So, and he's he looked fantastic. I thought he was the best of the D prospects in preseason. And watching this, the few games I've seen so far at Belleville, like he's been the best player. Like not just the best player on that D, on the the Belleville's team. And so, like I think people forget like how good he was like his first like his draft year when he played for I believe it was Kamloops. I think he led the WHO in goals. Like the guy has an offensive mind and he is an aggressive player. And it looks like he's just now getting back accustomed to forgetting about the league style of hockey and getting back to the HL, which is great to see. Yeah, and I, I don't remember who said this. I think it was in one of our uh New Era Sends interviews uh, a while back. But uh, somebody was telling us that Lassie Thompson is like one of the most ripped guys there is. He's like almost Tyler Boucher level of just jacked. That's, I, I couldn't imagine that because I don't think I've ever seen him with like even in like a workout shirt that's tight. Every time I see him, he's wearing like the only picture I know of him was that that weird fedora hat he had on last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when I pictured last year. I pictured that, but no, he's looked really good. And yeah, Bernard Docker. Like I think I, I think Thompson's actually hurt. Or he's at least scratched for this game. I think he has a minor bump or something. Yeah, um, which has something been quite minor. the trend in Ottawa. God, like last year we were actually pretty outside of goaltending. We were fortunate with injuries. This year we were making up for it fast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do just kind of want to give an update here. The Chicago Blackhawks are beating the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-0 uh, with a couple oh minutes God. left in the first. Oh, I'm missing that. 
<laughs> um, my brother's a massive Leaf fan. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, there's there's hasn't been a ton of Ottawa news. Um, obviously the Gambrel trade, but mostly just updating kind of on the games. Um, and yeah, Eric Brandstrom just... is now represented by Newport. Um, the agency, uh, same as Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris. So wonder if there's some reasoning behind that. Is he looking to get some better representation, not just financially? Yeah. Like we see how Alan Walsh really stands up for all of his players, um, sometimes in very questionable ways, but he always stands up for all of his clients. Um, and maybe we're looking for something like that from Newport um, for Eric yeah. Branstrom. Yeah. Also, shout out to Alan Wal- uh, Walsh because he's one of the guys that spread that clip around of Paul getting smoked by Ovechkin. And yeah. he's the one that brought, yeah, it's like, yeah, and it's like, Player safety is a joke, basically. But yeah, back to Branstrom. Uh, like, this could easily just be like this is a contract year for him, so maybe he wants better representation. But yeah. especially after what just happened with Logan Brown, and I think he went to like two or three different agents. So, and I can 100% see why he's frustrated yeah. that he wants new agents. Just because, like, in the preseason, I thought he was 100% one of the top six guys we had. So, I would say he was a top four defenseman on this team. Like, to me, the best two pairs were Shabbat Zub, Branstrom Holt. Yep. And then the next two after that, I thought it was probably, like, Thompson and Mete, or Thompson and Brown, Josh Brown. Yep. But, yeah, so, it's like, I could see him being, like, Zaitsev's out there just doing what he does. Josh Brown just had the worst game of his career. Dozado, for some reason, was given a spot. Even Mete hasn't looked fantastic. And Branstrom's yeah. down there getting cross-checked in the mouth by AHL veterans, losing, losing his chicklets. And, like, to be fair to Branstrom, like, I saw a lot of people talk about the minus three thing. Belleville, in the, like, two, three of those games, were absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Like, the only player looked at was Thompson. So, especially yeah. for a guy like Branstrom, when you're – we see with Shabbat, when you're on a bad team, your plus-minus is going to be horrible. So I'm willing to give him like small sample size and all that. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like his talent is just not gone. So, so we'll see how it goes with uh, Branch being again a new agent. But uh, like the trade rumors are already out there. I think it's more so just Dorian listen to listen to uh, offers. I don't think he's shopping them. Yeah. He knows the backlash he'd get if he chipped off Branch for a suboptimal return. Any other prospect, I don't think it would be too big of a deal, but this is the guy you got for still. Yeah. Um, and so on the trade front, uh, since you bring it up, um, I do, I have heard that uh, Andrew Kopp has been in the question from Pierre Dorian um, and that he's called Winnipeg uh, probably about two weeks ago, um, from what I was told at least, and that there's been a lot of Ottawa scouts in Anaheim uh, potentially looking at. Um, Silverberg, who their contract is, uh, it's not a great contract, um, but Anaheim is looking yeah. to move on from it, I think. Um, and same with Henrique. So, yeah, I don't know. I've been told that there's a lot of scouts there and to look out for something there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of people available and nobody really swinging for them. So, Yeah, the Silverberg one's fun just because he used to be a Sen. Going yeah. over the Bob Ryan trade, so that'd be a, that'd be just fun. But the one out of those three that you bring up, Copper definitely be the most interesting because I don't think he's too old. I think he's he's like 25, 26. I think he's twenty seven. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, and like Henrique, 
still a good player, but that contract stinks. And same thing with Silverberg. And I think Silverberg still is just a winger. So, and I think we need to yeah. help right now. But you never know. If Paul keeps playing or keeps playing well with center, maybe you take uh, Jake Silverberg and have like a Stutzla, Paul Silverberg line. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. I, I, I am really interested in Cop. Um, he scored his fourth goal of the season last night, and he's playing really well. Um, I, I started doing a Jets blog, and um, a lot of people have really love-hate relationships with Cop. Um, a lot of people call him Stonehands, uh, and I, I mentioned it in a blog the other day that like uh, Ottawa called about uh, Cop, and people are listening on an Eric Ranstrom trade. Um, and so I've kind of just asked what was the general thought on a uh, Brandstrom for cop and whoever has to add whatever. And everybody was like, no, we wouldn't do that one for one. And I found that really interesting. And I, I do think that a lot of that comes from, um, they already have uh Billy Hinola waiting to get in the decor. Um, yeah. and young D aren't really a thing that Winnipeg likes. And, but yeah, I, I don't know. I do think cop would make a huge addition. Um, he is a UFA at the end of this year. Yeah, that's the thing with trading for a UFA. Like they have all the reason in the world just to leave if they don't want to be in Ottawa. Yeah, that's the scary thing. Always with uh, that's the scary thing with getting a UFA. But the Cubs are very interesting player. I'd definitely be on board with. Maybe not for Brandstrom because I think Brandstrom was just is way more upside than Cop. But yeah. maybe like a like I I don't know enough about Cop to suggest the trade value. But maybe like a mid like a third round pick and a big prospect yeah i think around there um i i think they'd want more just because he's playing a, in a pretty big role in yeah. winnipeg right now um but a very pajot kind of player like pajot wasn't worth the first second and third but he was like it, it's really weird and cop is a- that kind of what was that he's worth a deadline first and second pick like guys always yeah. go like the bark like good real types get first round picks when in the offseason you probably get like, like for a third. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, really interesting to see what would happen on um an Andrew Cop trade. Um and I do think it's something that Ottawa should look at. Yeah, like Henrique would act like for someone else, like Henrique I actually like as a player, and if Anaheim would could retain some salary on that, I definitely look at it. Like we saw his chemistry with Brown at the World Cup or World Championships. And he is like he's not as old. I think people forget how like he's not too old. I think he's what 29, 28? Uh I think twenty nine. Um yeah. might be a bit younger, but I'm well, not sure. In my, in my head, I always think like Henry's like thirty seven, but he's like younger than my brother. But uh, yeah, Henry Henry's is still a good player, but he's just not worth like what is it five point eight? Something uh, five point five, and he is thirty one. Oh, so. No, he's not too old, and he so he's a good veteran to have around. He still plays, but yeah, you know, it all be about salary retention for him. Yeah, um, so I don't think that there's too much more to talk about. Um, no. Obviously, we could go back to Chicago and talk about that for yeah. hours and hours, but yeah, um, we can't do justice on that. So yeah, we're um, not on the situation. Like go follow Rick, go watch the interview for the expertise on it. Like we're just two guys that follow the situation and just want to get our thoughts out there. 
exactly um so i appreciate everybody coming to listen um make sure you check out the a couple episodes ago we did uh, an episode with angus crookshank um that's up on youtube and on spotify and podcast platforms um and yeah yeah make sure you come back for the next episode thanks for listening yep see you guys